things, you know, I started doing before the pandemic um, on a somewhat regular basis was go to the movie theater on a Friday at like one o'clock in the afternoon when everybody was like busy doing their jobs. I would go to this empty movie theater all by myself to watch movies. You know, it was the first year where all of my kids were in school and my wife worked on Fridays. So I was like, why don't go to the movie theater? I love going to see movies. And there's like these movies, like action movies and war movies that my wife has no interest in watching. And so I never get to see them. So I was like, that's my chance to go and see these movies. And uh, this past Friday, for the first time in over two years, I got to return to the movie theater. And I went and watched Father Stew. Anyone seen Father Stu? Father Stu is a story uh, based on a true story of a boxer who uh, became a priest. And, you know, I love going to the movies during the day, like when it's bright outside and everyone's busy doing their things and it's just me alone in this room. It's like you're in on this big secret. You know, you walk in, people are at work. It's just me and the movie, no one else. And as the movie begins, you know, it starts out with you and that movie, meaning that, you know, the movie started, but you're not fully, like, settled in yet. You've got your popcorn, and you're, like, eating as much popcorn as you can. You've just watched, like, a million advertisements, even though you paid way too much to see that movie in the first place. And it's like they just keep adding more and more advertisements onto it. You know, you're just settling in. You're, like, trying to figure out as the movie starts who's who and, like, what's what. And you're watching, but you're not, like, fully into it yet. And then as the movie begins to progress, you know, something begins to happen. And that is what started out as you and the movie will, will suddenly shift. And now it's like it's the movie and you, meaning like you're still eating your popcorn, but you're not eating it as much. And you're really like beginning to really get into the story. You're sort of absorbed uh, with, the, with how the story is leading you. You're beginning to be emotionally invested in the characters and their developments. You know, when they cry, you cry. When they laugh, you laugh. But there's something that happens that if a movie is really good, and I mean like really good, like a masterpiece, not every movie is like this, but if a movie is really, really good, you will find yourself so caught up in that moment that it's no longer the movie and you, but it's just the movie. And it's like time stands still, doesn't it? You know, you're no longer eating your popcorn. You forget that there's anything happening in the world outside of that room in that moment. Maybe you can't stop laughing, or maybe if you're like me on Friday, all by yourself in a movie theater, there's like tears running down your face, and I'm like, I cannot believe it's just me by myself in this room, like, and I'm crying right now. And when the credits begin to roll and the lights come back on and that movie ends, it's like you're snapped back into reality. You come out of this trance and you realize <laughs> life exists beyond this moment that you just shared. You know, what I just described are, are moments that happen in life more than you and I might think. You know, whether it's listening to, uh, to music or being in nature, you know, climbing a mountain. Maybe it's conversation with your friends that just seems to go on and on and on forever. And, and when you finally look at the clock, it's like, it's three in the morning. We should go to bed. You know, we live in a culture that it always feels like it's short on time. And we're always in a rush between this thing and the next thing, you know, rushing to that appointment or that meeting or, or trying to get to that kid's sports game. And oftentimes we can forget that some of life's greatest moments are the moments when time doesn't seem to matter. 
where the busyness of life fades into the background and the awe and wonder of the present moment comes bright into focus. And I believe it can be the same thing when it comes to prayer. That there's a way of praying that moves beyond just you and I having a conversation with God and moves toward God having a conversation with us. And sometimes, but not always, but there are some times in prayer when, when you are so deep and you're sharing an intimate moment with God that you can have faded completely into the background and it's just God who is the sole focus of that moment. And it is that sort of prayer that I want to talk about this morning. About when prayer becomes more than just a conversation between you and God, but when prayer becomes a holy encounter with a living God who is our Heavenly Father. You see, we pray our Father, as Jesus taught us to pray, but we often forget that the reason why we pray our Father is because we are God's children. And to be a child means you have been given access. Access to the, the presence of God, the throne room of a holy God who opens his arms to you and I and invites us to come. To come and to share in the same fellowship that has been enjoyed eternally between Father, Son, and Spirit. And as I've studied the prayer lives of men and women in the Bible who, who I believe prayed well, who prayed above and beyond their peers, the one consistency I find in them is that there was a desire for prayer to be more than just a conversation. Yes, it was a conversation, but somewhere it became more than just a conversation but it became a divine encounter. And then for that to happen, there was a desire inside of them to go deeper, to push further, to linger longer than those around them. It was a prayer of more than just sharing their thoughts and their words, but it was a real interaction with God, you know, divine communion, sharing with God all of who they are because they realized that that is what they had God had given them what they had received in God, all of who he is. And so for prayer to become more than just a conversation, but a holy encounter between you and the Lord Almighty, we need to consider the last step in this series on prayer. And that is yielding. You know, we've been using that acronym, if you remember it. I hope it's sort of been memorized and kind of imprinted into your memory by now if you've been with us the last several weeks. We've been using an acronym, and the simple acronym is PRAY. I find acronyms are helpful. You know, I was taught at a young age to give it an acronym, and it's funny, even as an adult, when I pray, I still remember that simple acronym. But the acronym that we want to share with you is the acronym P-R-A-Y, PRAY. And remember that this acronym that we, we've given you is not meant to be a to-do list in prayer that you just kind of go through the motions and check it off. If you're one of those who has like a hyper-productive personality and you just have like a need to check things off your to-do list, you're seeing the acronym in that such a way is not going to help you in prayer. You need to realize that prayer requires creative interpretation and expression. These, this acronym is more like learning the steps to a dance than it is, you know, memorizing theories and, and, so, and whatnot. But as we've established, the acronym is P stands for pause, to be still and know that I am God. To begin our time of prayer by rooting ourselves in God's presence with the intention that we're trying to rid ourselves of distraction or maybe performance. 
we be still and know that he is God. And then we move to R, which stands for rejoice. We rejoice in God. We worship God for who he is and what he's done. The first things that should come out of our mouth in prayer are words of adoration, are words of thanksgiving to God. Yes, we have many things we need to ask for in prayer, but we don't begin that way because we trust that God already knows everything that we need before we ask him, and that God is great and he is powerful, and so why not? Is there a better way to start in prayer than to worship? I don't think so. So we rejoice. Thirdly, we ask, and we don't worry about, you know, is this thing that I'm asking for? Is it you know, too trivial or too small or too insignificant? No. We ask because not only God invites us to ask, but we, we ask because God requires us to ask. He wants us to ask. And we always remember, though, what we want to ask according to Jesus' name and according to God's will. But we, that doesn't stop us from asking. And then finally, we come to why, which I believe if you want to see your prayer life go deeper, if you want to really take the next step where you see your prayer life begin to deepen, then I really encourage you to consider this next step and to adopt it into your prayer life. And that is yielding. Or if you're teaching your children, you want to teach them this acronym, just tell them Y stands for yes. Just say yes. You know, yielding is simply praying without words, which is easier said than done, right? Because... The easiest part of praying is the part where you get to speak. (laughs) You get to use words. The hardest part of praying is the part of prayer where you are still praying, but you're not using any words at all. You know, it's the part of prayer where we just get to show up and we get to shut up and let God do all the work. Yielding is like a closed fist slowly beginning to open. It's, it's the time of prayer when our hearts really begin to surrender to the presence of God. You know, we start out in prayer similar to how I described the way I started out in that movie theater. I'm sort of just settling in. There's many distractions. There's many things on my mind, but I've showed up in God's presence and I settle in. And, and, there, and I, as I begin to focus and as I begin to settle into God's presence, you know, suddenly I, which started out as the main focus of prayer, begin to move into the background. And then God begins to take, you know, the main focus God begins to take center stage in my heart. That's what happens when we yield. Yielding is the why is the is where I wisely stop speaking and begin to start listening for God to speak. And I give him room now to respond to everything that I have just said to him in prayer. Because if prayer is just me getting to tell God everything that's on my mind and then expecting him to go do everything that I've just asked him to do, That's not prayer, is it? I mean, that sounds more like bullying, if you ask me. I mean, imagine if I were to call you and say, hey, I'd love to go out for coffee. Are you available to go out for coffee? I'd love to hang out. There's a lot that's on my mind I want to share. And I just want to share your company. And you're busy. You've got things to do. But you want to be a good friend. And the friendship is important to you. And so you say yes. And you cancel whatever it is that you had to do. And you show up at that coffee shop, and there at that coffee shop, we meet for coffee, but the entire time, all I do is I talk your ear off. I just don't stop talking. And you're just like, is this guy ever going to stop? I just don't stop talking, talk, 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 talk. And finally, after saying everything, you're like, maybe I'm going to get to speak. I get up, and I say, i got to go. 
I got to leave. And do you mind, um, you know, on your way home, going to the grocery store and picking up some dinner and just dropping it off in my place? That would be great. All right, thanks. See you later. I don't think you would call that hanging out, would you? You know, yielding is the crucial reminder that when we pray, God might like to share in this moment. And if prayer is a living conversation with a loving God, shouldn't I expect that when I do call upon his name, God might, might like to answer? That God does and he will answer me? I love what it says in Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he what? He answered me. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Yielding is the belief that after I have sought the Lord in prayer for whatever it is that I am believing for him to do in faith, that now I step aside and I allow God the opportunity to share his love with me, to show me what it is he wants me to see. Maybe he wants me to know his affection. Maybe he wants me to see his direction. Perhaps he even wants to offer me a little word of correction. Now maybe there, you know, there, now there are many ways that you and I can yield in prayer. Yielding doesn't have to be just you and I sitting silently. And there are many tools and resources that are actually available. And I, I really encourage you, if you struggle to sit silently before the Lord, to consider adopting some of these tools and exercises. You know, there's exercises that can help you to meditate on Scripture. You know, what is the primary way that God speaks to us? You're like, God, I never hear you speak. Well, have you opened up your Bible? Because <laughs> if you open up your Bible, you'll hear God speak. You know, there are listening exercises. There are other prayer tools like the daily examine, which is this prayer exercise, which at the end of the day, you, you go through that exercise, and it's meant just to guide you in learning and seeing the different ways that God was speaking throughout your day in ways that you didn't notice. But the heart of all yielding is contemplation. It is contemplating on God's presence, contemplating on God's heart, contemplating on God's voice. You know, the great, Catholic Saint Teresa of Avila describes this type of prayer as the prayer of quiet or the intimate sharing between friends. Canadian psychologist David Benner calls it a wordless, trusting openness to God who dwells at the center of our being and at the center of our world. Richard Foster, who has written perhaps the best book on spiritual disciplines, at least in my opinion, that there is, he says that this way of praying is a loving attentiveness to God in which talk recedes into the background and feeling comes to the foreground. Pete Grieg, the author of our companion book, How to Pray, says it this way. If petition, which we talked about last week, that's asking God. If petition is prayer at its simplest, and intercession, which is asking God on behalf of another, is prayer at its most powerful. Contemplation is prayer at its deepest and most personally transformational. Now, before I go any step further, I do realize there are some of you who may find this way of praying to be perhaps a little strange. And maybe you're with me on this prayer as a conversation part. But when it comes to prayer being an encounter, maybe that sounds to you a little strange. Maybe it sounds a little foreign, perhaps even a little too mystical for you. But let me just say, don't discount it yet. Contemplation or contemplative praying is something that has been done by people pretty much throughout all of the Bible. 
You know, King David spoke about how in prayer, all he wanted to do was gaze upon the beauty of God. Psalm 27 verse 4 says, I have asked one thing of the Lord, and it's what I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Psalm 19, 14, David says, May the words of my mouth, speaking, and the meditation of my heart, contemplation. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You know, Peter in, Revel- in Acts chapter 10 received a vision from the Lord of the uh, salvation of the gospel going to the Gentiles. And when he received that vision, he was praying and he was in, the, in a trance. He fell into a trance. And in this vision, he sees, you know, this blanket sort of come down from heaven and all these like unclean animals. And, and the Lord just tells Peter to kill and eat. And there you have the very first pig in a blanket. You know, it... Finally, we have John in Revelation, who's on the island of Patmos. He's a prisoner. He's on an island, a very small island, a prisoner all by himself, a prisoner of the state. And there he's praying, and it says he's caught up in the Spirit. And that's when the Lord begins to unfold this revelation, this vision that we now have in our Bibles, known as the book of Revelation. Finally, what do you think Jesus did on all those long nights of prayer? You know, it said that Jesus would spend all night praying. Do you think he spent the entire night just talking incessantly to his father the entire time? I don't think so. Now, I will, though, say that due to the highly subjective nature of contemplative prayer, we should always be wise and be on guard as followers of Jesus for pretty much everything that we come across. Amen? You know, we should be on guard and wise and be discerning and most importantly, remaining biblical in every approach. But if you are a believer who claims that the Bible is true and authoritative, you may not realize it, but every believer who claims the Bible is authoritative is a mystic at heart. Because either you believe that Enoch walked with God or he didn't. Either Moses encountered the Lord in the burning bush or he was hallucinating or on some sort of drug trip, as some people have posited that theory, which is crazy. You know, Mary spoke with an angel who told her she would be given birth to the Savior of the world, or she made the entire thing up herself. So yielding really is a prayer in and of itself. When we yield, we are praying. Praying without words, but praying nonetheless. And we are demonstrating to God that I believe you're with me, I believe you speak, and I don't always have to use my words to express that belief. That my presence alone, showing up in your presence, and just abiding in your presence, is simply enough to show you my desire to be with you and hear my voice, to hear your voice. And finally today, you know, what I want to say is that what I love most, I think, about yielding is that when we yield in prayer, it becomes our silent amen, our, world, our wordless amen. You know, most of us are familiar with how prayers are supposed to end, right? You know, when we pray, we, we end the word with the word amen. And I'm sure you've all been in this experience at church where the pastor's praying, And then he says something like, and in Jesus' name we pray, and you open your eyes, and you're about to say amen. And then he goes in for another round, and he kind of does another flyby. Have you ever had that? And then he's like, in your name we pray, and you'll open your eyes, and you're going to say amen. And then he goes back in for another flyby. 
And then finally, you know, he says, amen. And then you're like, oh, finally he landed that plane. Most prayers we are used to end with that ancient Hebrew word, amen. But do you actually know what it means when you use those word, that word amen? When you say amen in prayer, did you know you're not just, you know, signing off on your prayer and it's just some like Christianese word that we're done praying, let's eat, amen. No, it means something. And it's got deep meaning because what the word amen means in Hebrew, what does it mean? Do you know what it means? So be it. Yes. Amen. So be it. Yes. Amen. Let it happen. Amen. I agree. And so when we stop to pray and we aren't rushed by the endless demands of our day, you know, I've been there. You know, I've been, I've, I've done it, and I, I'll admit, I'll confess my sins before you. I have, I have seen prayers like, I gotta do this. I gotta, I gotta get in. Okay, P, I've paused. R, rejoice. A, I've asked, and it's like, okay, Amen. And I gotta get on with my day. I gotta get going. I got so much to do, and I rush to like say Amen because I'm just so caught up in, in the busyness of the moments. Yielding is the better Amen. Can I say that again? If, if you're, there's only one thing you take away today, let it be that. Yielding is your better amen. It's like, God, I'm not in a rush. God, you're more important to me than what's on my to-do list for the day. God, you're not just another thing on my to-do list. You're the most important thing to me. God, I'm not just signing off. I'm saying yes to you. Everything you said to me in this time of prayer, I'm saying yes to you, everything that you are. And Lord, if you don't say anything to me at all, if I've abided and yielded in your presence and I don't hear your voice, I'm still going to say amen. I'm still going to say so be it. See, the true test of a yielding heart comes when it's time to say amen in prayer. Can I get an amen to that? Can I get a so be it? You know, when God speaks, because if God does speak, the true test of a yielding heart is not whether or not I hear God's voice, but whether I am listening for God's voice. You know, when I hear God speak, the question is not whether I hear, but am I listening? Am I, am I hearing with the purpose of obeying and doing what he has said and, and, and spoken to me? You know, John 10, 27 says, My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I speak to them as their shepherd. My sheep, they recognize my voice, and they listen, but they don't just hear it and go, bah! They know me, and then they follow me. You know, I can have all the silent time of prayer that there is, but if my silent yielding in God's presence isn't leading me to say yes and amen with obedience in my heart, that's not really yielding, is it? And so when God speaks to you, when you pray and God, you hear God's voice, and I promise you, you will, whether, you know, and like I mentioned, open up God's word, pray God's word, you'll hear God speak. You'll, you'll hear God speak. The question or not is, is when, I, when, I, when I hear God's voice, I yield through my obedience. And second, and perhaps even more difficult, is not when God speaks, do I listen, but secondly, what happens when, when I pray and, and yield and I don't hear God speak? When God is silent, what is it 
how can then I yield? How can I offer to God my silent amen, my wordless, my wordless yes? And the answer is to God, I yield with my trust. When God is silent, how I yield is I yield with trust. Philippians 4, 6-7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in prayer, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I love what Paul says. He says, don't be anxious, friends. You know, how many of you know that the last two years, what has our world been filled with? Anxiety and fear. It has been on overload, and as a result, I mean, we, we know what's happened. Anxiety and fear. And God's word says, friends, Christians, beloved children of God, don't be anxious. And don't be afraid. But instead, do this. Offer everything to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, and let him hear the requests of your heart. And notice what it doesn't say. And it doesn't say, and when you do this, God will now answer everything that you've just said, or God will now do everything that you've asked him to do. No, it says when you pray and you ask God, when there's anxiety and fear and you offer God your prayer, what he will give you is not necessarily always an answer, but what he will give you is his peace. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. You see, when we yield, it doesn't mean God always gives us an answer. And I know that can be frustrating and difficult to understand at times. But God actually wants to give you something better than an answer. He wants to give you his peace, his joy, his love. He wants his loving presence to stand guard over your life because when fear and anxiety comes, those are signals. That is symptoms of the enemy of Satan who wants to steal, kill, and destroy what God has done in your life. He wants to steal in your, your peace, your joy, and your love. But instead of allowing him to take those things, we yield to God with our trust. And what does God do? He gives us his peace that guards all over our hearts. That stands watch and says, not today, Satan. Not today. Once again, yielding, it is our wordless amen. It is let your will be done without words. I trust you, God, that your silence does not equal your absence. So let me leave you with these two questions. Number one, for reflection. Maybe you can write these down and think about it later, or maybe just in your heart right now, just answer these questions. Number one, what is God saying to you right now that requires your yielding in obedience? What is God speaking? Whether through his word, whether through another person, maybe it's come through a dream or vision or just silent reflection. What is it that God is speaking to you right now? And I, I promise you, you know, there's not one person here today who, who I believe God's not speaking to you. God's always speaking. It's just we who aren't always listening. What is God speaking to you right now that requires your obedience? And then number two, you know, what is God not saying right now? Where is God silent that requires your yielding in trust? You know, deep down, what yielding really is, is it is a silent declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, actually what yielding recognizes and acknowledges that as a sinner, 
I deserve to have my prayers go unanswered. Like that's what I deserve, right, as a sinner. And the only person who ever lived on this earth who was sinless, who lived a perfect life, was Jesus. He deserved to have all of his prayers go answered. There's ever a person who lived who deserved to have the Father answer his prayers. It was Jesus. Yet Jesus, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before the night he was betrayed, he kneeled before the Father and he asked the Father that if the cup of his suffering could be passed before him, if it was possible for him to not do what the Father was asking him to do. But what the Son did is he yielded to the Father, to the Father's will. He said, not my will, but yours. And when I yield to God with trust and obedience, that's exactly how the son yielded to the father. He trusted his father. When his father said, go, he yielded with obedience. And when his father said nothing, he yielded with trust. The truth is, is that because you and I have sinned, God treated Jesus the way that you and I deserve to be treated. He paid the price for our sin. He bore our penalty. But when I believe in him today, when I trust in his salvation, when I trust in his word and in his holy son, and I obey him, obey his voice, obey his word, obey his spirit's leading, I am fully adopted into the family of God. I am welcomed and accepted unconditionally and loved completely. You see, to be a child means that we have access. And because today you are God's kid, I call you today that if you have access to the throne room of heaven, to yield to your Father, to fully trust in Jesus today, who not only knows and understands everything that you go through and you are feeling, but everything that you are called to do by God, your Father, Jesus has already done that. And Jesus is wanting to strengthen you today to do the very things that God is calling you to do. And when you are weak, know this, God's word says that you have an intercessor. Christ intercedes on your behalf. He actually doesn't stand by passively when you suffer. He stands in the gap and he intercedes for you, praying with full empathy for everything you are going through or that you need to do. So knowing today that there is a, that Christ stands in the gap, why wouldn't we yield? Why wouldn't we just silently say amen to everything God is doing and everything God is saying? So would you stand to your feet and let us pray. And Lord, as we now bring this series on prayer to an end, Lord, we now just take this moment, God, to yield to everything that you have said. And perhaps the things that you are not saying, Lord, we yield as well. And Lord, as, this, as we bring this time to an end, Lord, we let this demonstration of our yielding, Lord, be our silent amen, our better amen. Lord, my prayer today is that our amen would not just be words that we say to sort of signal the end of prayer, but Lord, our our amen would be our presence and our attentiveness to what you are saying and what you are doing. Lord, for us who live like always busy lives going to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, Lord, we say we are sorry today. And we confess that. That to live such a busy life that we don't have time to abide in your presence, to yield to who you are, Lord. It shouldn't be that way, Lord. And so we say we're sorry. Help us to slow down 
Help us to, in prayer, not see prayer as something we just got to get through and so we get on to the next thing. Help us to slow down, Lord, and let yielding be that reminder that in prayer there's more than just me and then you, but that the goal of all prayer is that prayer ends, Lord, with you being the only focus, the sole focus. Lord, help me, help us to sh- when we pray to fully fade into the background of our prayers and let you take center stage to be our everything. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, Jesus, that you yielded to the Father. Thank you because <laughs> if you said no to the Father, if you didn't trust him, and if you didn't obey him, oh man, where would we be? We would be lost. But Lord, Jesus, you yielded to the Father in full trust and full obedience when you prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And then we in return silently declare the gospel when we yield as well to the Father, trusting fully that even in our silence, God, Lord, that you can, you are interceding on our behalf. That even in our silence, we're not alone. God, even in our silence, Lord, you are still working. In our waiting, you are working. So we bless the name of the Lord. We bless his holy name, Lord, and we say thank you, Father, for loving us so much that you have made us your children through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We have access to the throne room of grace, and so we come boldly and we come humbly. We come with many words and we come with very few words. But regardless, Lord, we want to come today to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.